0: Well, the last couple of weeks we've been talking about doing His will, and uh, we're going to stay on that this morning. Let's look at Hebrews thirteen twenty. Hebrews thirteen twenty. It says, "Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great Shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant." make you complete in every good work to do His will, working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. In the NLT, verse 21, so verse 20 says, Now may God, essentially, and then verse 21, may He do this. So we're uh, picking up with verse 21. It says, Now may God equip you, May He equip you with all you need in doing His will. May He produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to Him, all glory to Him forever and ever. You know, we talked about this um, in this verse, but I want you to notice as we're going through this, notice what the focus here is on. It says, may He equip you with all you need for what? For doing His will. May He produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to Him, and then all glory to Him forever and ever. So it's about Him. What He's doing in us, He's doing so that we'll please Him so that we can do His will. In other words, you can't, you can't make what the Word says just about you or me. What the Word of God says, this, this is not a self-help thing. This is not something that we just look up, okay, how can I use the Bible and God to help me do what I want to do in life? That is not what this is about. That's not what the Word of God is for. This is not a, a, a book that uh, it's not just a book, it is the, the written Word of God, but it's not just something that we try to use so that we are, quote-unquote, successful in life. Success is doing what we're talking about here, which is doing His will and being transformed into what He would want us to be. That's, that's, that's what we're doing here on the earth. We are living on the earth still because this plan of salvation that the church age hasn't been wrapped up yet, and people that still are going to come into the kingdom in this dispensation are going to come in. So we have a job to do here. And in doing that, then we're to be growing in what? Just growing in whatever our goals for whatever time? is. No, we're supposed to be growing in what He would have us to do. Becoming more and more the way He would want us to be. And doing what His plan for our life is. And in doing that, we're supposed to be reaching out and being a blessing and a conduit for His love in the earth so other people can know Him. And then what? Do the same thing. You have fellowship with Him, and it's not about you or me becoming what we think we ought to be or doing our plan. It is literally all about Him, whether the world knows it or not. You know, we're, we are celebrating uh, Christmas. We're going to, you know, touch on some different aspects of... Um, you know, Jesus coming to earth, He came to earth. He came to earth for a reason, to redeem you and me, to redeem the world so that we could be right with God, and He did what the Father asked him to do before the foundation of the earth, he came and he was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world came for a purpose to redeem you and me. And then we are to do the same thing. We don't have, we can't do his part, but with what he has done, then we're to do our part. And that's, that's pretty much sums up what ought to sum up the Christian's life Mm -hmm. is we're about being about our father's business. So it's about Him. We, we're talking about doing His will. Look at a, this in the Amplified Classic. It says, "Strengthen. So may God strengthen, complete, perfect, and make you what you ought to be. I love that. This is the version I read this. That we pray this for you guys. And we have a sheet of prayers that are all just Scripture like this. And we pray this. And I I do this in the Amplified Classic. I love the way it brings us out. Uh, May God strengthen, complete, perfect, and make you what you ought to be. In other words, there's a picture God has in his heart of what his children can and should be. And that's the way he sees us. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter what mistakes you've made. uh, God has a way he sees you the way he sees me, and that becoming more and more like him. Of course, we've been talking about on Wednesdays uh, some uh, being transformed into his image. We're to be transformed into to be like him, but he also has specific things that he would have us to do. So it's his, the character that you're to have and uh, the specific plan that he has for you and me to do, but there's something you and I ought to be. He sees you. You know, he sees a child sees a child growing up and sees this is the way I, they, they ought to be. This is where they're headed. This is my plan for them. You know, they may not have everything, you know, in place. Now, they have the seeds and the, um, the uh, early stages of development of what God would have for them. Well, all of us are in different stages of development for what He has for us and wants us to be. But we need to have the mentality that it is what He would have me to be. Not what my parents want, not what somebody else wants, not what somebody thinks I have, you know, acumen in that I've taken a test. And, well, you could do one of these things because it seems like you're good at it. Well, maybe not, not knocking any tests. You can use that for informational purposes, but that's information. It's not a limit. It's not a channel. And, and it's certainly not telling you what you can or cannot do in life. God is the one that does that. If we're a Christian, we ought to know that we're following him and doing it whatever he said, he's right. doesn't matter what the paper said. Well, you have no ability in this area. On this other hand, we think you're really good in this area. And God, if God tells you you're good in this area, the right response is, I'm good in this area. You may feel like, what? The right response is, I'm going to be what I ought to be. Who determines that? Him, because yes. He knows more than anybody else, uh-huh. knew you, knew me before you were ever born. Yes. Yes. And so the quicker we agree with Him and just get on board, <laughs> don't fight it, yeah. Yeah. just do what He would have you to do, the, the, the better things are going to turn out. Let's finish this verse. Strengthen, May God strengthen, complete, perfect, and make you what you ought to be, and then equip you with everything good that you may carry out His will, that you may carry out His will. He's going to equip you for something, not just to do what you want to do, no, to do His will. See, this is not, again, I'm going to come to the Word of God and cherry-pick Scripture for everything that I'm so blessed and I'm so prepared to go and do my plan, my 10-step, my 10... No, no, it's to equip you to do what He told you to do. That's it. And this deviates a lot from what a lot of Christians think. You know, they can be all all over the spectrum. Either God just orchestrates everything and is in control of everything, good, bad, ugly, just makes it happen. And if you're supposed to be something, you'll just be it automatically. If he wants to do something in your life bad, he's going to do it. No, God is not the author of evil. He is not in that. At the same time, he's not over here just, he's just your magic genie and just, you just have your scriptures for the day and I'm going to do these things, but I'm going to do my plan but thank God I got God that's just going to prosper me and bless me and make me healthy so I can go do what I want to do in life. Hallelujah. That is not the Bible. It is God is going to equip me and help me. And yes, there's prosperity. And yes, there's health to do what, what he's asked us to do. Because if he's the king, And he's commissioned you to do something. Of course, he wants you healthy. He wants you to have all your resources. I mean, this is a no-brainer. The world does this everywhere. But if the church starts talking like this, oh, well, you want money or health or it's just the prosperity gospel. It's the Bible. What kind of leader wants you to be poor, broke, have your relationships broken, your body broken down, no finances to do what you need to do? That's crazy. People don't believe that in the world. They may believe in church and they go right to work on Monday morning, try to make the most money they can. And if they're sick, they go to the doctor to get healed. Well, God knows all that and he wants us to be in proper health. He wants us to have all the resources, but that's not just so we can do whatever we want to do. Not saying God's going to take anything away from us or like if you get out of your will, God's going to smite you. No, it's there's a curse in the world and the devil will take advantage of us if we're not in the right place. He has access to us. But if we'll be with God, he can't touch us. Because if we're on commission from the king, we are carrying authority. Now you can trust, no, no, I am not letting the devil have one iota in my life. My body is healthy, just like Jesus provided My, I have every need that I, I, all my needs are met to do what you've asked me to do. Lord, And you agree with what he said. You don't have to talk him into anything. He has already stated in his word and you're just declaring in your life and saying what you said, what you provided, that will be in my life. Not hocus pocus, just agreeing with him. See, he has given us authority, but we are the authority in our life. So by decreeing it and saying it, we're saying, Lord, I decree what you've already said in your life. I'm decreed in my life and that gives them access to do it in our life. you see that? Yeah. Something can be provided for you just in the natural, but if you don't take authority, in other words, you don't go to the bank and sign the document, you don't sign up for the thing, it's not going to be yours, mm-hmm. even though it is ours. So this is, it's all though in relation to what he's called us to do. So God strengthen, complete, perfect, and make you what you ought to be and equip you with everything good that you may carry out his will while he himself works in you and accomplishes that which is pleasing in his sight. So yeah, he's working in us, what? To accomplish what's pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ the Messiah to whom be glory forever and ever to the ages, uh, to the ages of ages. Amen. So be it. So last week we looked at this Philippians 2, verse 5. Now talking about how Jesus came to earth then, and what he approached, how he approached what he was doing. It says, Let, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, or that's a little blind to us some, but it means to didn't, when not consider it robbery to be equal with God means not something to be considered grasped and, uh, to be equal with God. In other words, he's not holding on to the fact that he's God. He is willingly laying that down and becoming like a man. So He's not holding on to that. He's identifying with us. It says, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Verse 9, therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven, of those on the earth, and of those under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now notice, Jesus humbled himself and became uh, of no reputation like a bondservant, but God then elevated him, highly exalted him, and has given him the name above every name. Jesus is king. And so when he came to earth as a baby, he was stepping in. I like the way that song says, stepped into time. You know, God has no time. He stepped into our world. He became like us, limited like us. He's God, but he's man, but he is walking the earth, his walk out as a man. He had to, otherwise he couldn't redeem you and me. He had to become like us and not yield to Satan. And so he walked as a man, 100% God, 100% man, but he didn't do it just as God. If he did it as God, well, (laughs) that's an unfair advantage. So he did it. He did what he did as a... As a man anointed by the Holy Spirit walked and had to be led by the Holy Spirit, just like you and I, and he had to grow. The Bible said he grew in stature. He, be, he became aware of what he was here to do. John 6, 38 said, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. He came, Jesus came, not to do his will but to do the one of him who sent me, of, him who sent, uh, of God who sent him. So he came in the form of a man as a baby, but he was king when he showed up. Yes, yes. And he came then to walk out that plan as a man, but actually he's the king of the universe above all. Look at Matthew 2 verse 1. And so we're to do the will of the king, but I want to show you, I just want to spend a little bit of time here when we're talking about doing his will. We're not, it's not just this Christian doctrine. We're talking about reality that the king came to earth. He identified with you and me as a man. He he grew in stature. He, he became aware of what his mission on earth was. He kneeled and bowed his knee to the Father to carry out that will. And then the Bible says that our mind should be like his mind. In other words, coming and doing the Father's will. He carried it out, gave his life, sacrificed himself for you and me. So then we are to walk as he walked on this earth, not doing our own will, but doing the Father's will, bowing our knee to King Jesus and to grow so that we are doing our part in the kingdom. It is such a reverential and heavy thing that we're talking about, what's going on on earth. When we talk about Christ coming to earth as a baby, this is the king entering the atmosphere, in the kingdom, coming to consummate, consummate the plan of redemption so that you and I could come into that kingdom, be part of that kingdom for all time. And we have a choice. All individuals have a choice whether they're going to be in the kingdom or out of the kingdom. And if they're in the kingdom, whether they're going to do what the king said. Praise God. Matthew 2, verse 1 says Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Notice, king. Of the Jews, for we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Verse 3 When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where uh, Christ, the Christ was to be born. Verse 5 And they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler. For you will shepherd my people Israel. Verse 7, then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Now, of course, Herod did not want to worship him. Herod wanted to kill him. Herod is a king on the earth, and he has no idea. He, he's just thinking naturally, whoever this is, I want to take him out because he could be a threat to my natural kingdom. He has no clue what he's dealing with. Yes. This is the king of the universe. He's a king locally. Jesus is the king over all, yes. over all. Jesus was the wor- is the word. Jesus, it, 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 he was there when all this, uh, the universe was made. And we're talking about, you know, Herod has this little jurisdiction and he's trying to use his authority to stop something that he has no way uh, of stopping, understanding or anything. Jesus, the king, is coming into the earth. And so these wise men were coming wanted to know so that they could truly come and worship Him. Of course, they were warned not to go back to Herod, and then uh, they came and worshiped Him, and the King started to grow in the earth. And so eventually, Jesus grew. He became aware of who He was, and uh, He allowed Himself Allowed his life, he gave his life, laid down his life, because they couldn't take him. They didn't just kill Jesus, Jesus laid down his life. They never could take him before the time. They couldn't, they, you know, he would just walk right back through, they'd try to push him off the cliff, they'd try to get him, he, he, they couldn't touch him until the time that he laid his life down, because he is the king of the whole universe. You think some man, some created beings are going to take him out? Not unless he wills it. And he struggled with that. We read, you know, not, he said, not my will, but yours be done. He, he not struggles is the wrong word. Jesus' flesh is recoiling. Jesus never was going to, he never was flinching, but his, his flesh is pushing on him because he knows what's going to happen and he knows the spiritual part of that. He's going to be separated from his father, but he is willing to do it. But no man could take him out. So that king, then, as this is happening, uh, John 18, verse 33, this is when he has been, uh, you know, he he is going through suffering. Verse 33 then Pilate entered the praetorium. Pilate's, you know, uh, has jurisdiction over this area. Again, a, an earthly ruler. The ignorance that these men display, we can see. They, they didn't have you know, everything we have, but they, they could have known more than they knew. But the, really the arrogance and ignorance, is, their arrogance and ignorance is on display here. They talk to Jesus like they have authority over him. They don't have anything but what Jesus is allowing in for the time. But they, they, they don't know who they're dealing with. Most of the world does not know who they're dealing with. Most of the world does not have really, when people mock Jesus, they have no clue. And if they, ha- they, they really, even if they're doing it uh, knowingly, um, they've completely passed that point where they, they don't want to have anything to do with God, and they're doing it completely willfully. But there are a whole lot of people that just because of culture and because of all they see Think it's just, well, it's another man-made belief, and they'll mock Jesus and act like there's nothing there. And they, they, people don't understand the gravity of of the Lordship and the Kingship of Jesus. There is no people. These same people will stand in awe of a celebrity or stand in awe of some governmental structure, and they don't understand that you're talking about the King of the whole universe. But see, he humbled himself and was made like a man, and it was such a humble... See, people expected, Israel expected him to come in the power that he's going to come in his second coming. They didn't know the difference, and they expected him to come back, and so they didn't recognize him as this lowly, you know, savior. He, he, he was there to redeem mankind. And most of the world is in that same state. They, they act like, well, this is something optional. This is what, and it is optional. I mean, you can choose to reject Jesus. They don't understand the gravity because it doesn't look flashy like so many things in the world. When the world is going to come in and, and uh, announce something, they do it in a flashy way. We've got to market this. We've got to get things, you know, out into people's um understanding and there so that they, they, they want to buy or they want to attend or whatever and God came there was no fireworks anything but here was the, the, the very pinnacle of authority in the universe was was around them and is today jesus doesn't doesn't go and just twist people's arms to make them follow him he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't control the human heart the human heart can only be opened from the inside. Jesus himself said, I, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. The king of the universe knocks. The God of all creation that could just knock the door down without even touching it, he could disintegrate the door. doesn't. He knocks. And, only, and people can only open that from the inside. God will not force, and we shouldn't try to force. So Pilate is here, John 18, 33. Pilate says, um, "'Then entered the praetorium again, called Jesus and said to them, "'Are you the king of the Jews?' Jesus answered him, "'Are you speaking for yourself about this, "'or did others tell you concerning me?' Verse 35, "'Pilate said, Am I a Jew? "'Your own nation and chief priests have delivered you to me. "'What have you done?' And Jesus answered, "'My kingdom is not of this world.'" If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now my kingdom, but now my kingdom is not from here. Verse 37, Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? Verse 37 um, continued, Jesus answered and said, you say rightly that I am a king for this cause I was born. He's saying, this is why I was born right here, what I'm doing. And for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. He said, you rightly say that I'm a king. This is the reason I'm born. This is why I am here. So Jesus knew why he was on the earth. Jesus knew he bent his will to the Father. Everything about what he did was geared to fulfill the will of God the Father and to fulfill the plan. And so we are to have that same mindset. If the king bowed his knee and came and subjected himself to whatever the will of the father was, so that, and then his name is exalted above every name, we as his servants, willful bond servants, we're his children, but we're also to be his servants, ought to have that same heart, that Lord, whatever you want me to do in, in your kingdom, in your kingdom, in your kingdom, not, not well, I'm just going to serve God. You know, I'm, you know, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I, I go to church sometimes. I do this and God. Th- this is a kingdom. We're citizens of heaven. We're on this earth, but we're in the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want this to become real. When we're talking about our will and following Him, The fact that Jesus is the king and we're just part of that, the more that becomes real to us, oh, that'll just shore up things in our life. We won't say, what can I do? What can I not do? But uh, is that, that's, I was going to say, Julia has that thing on her phone. She's got, uh, my daughter, Julia, she just put this on her phone a week or two ago on her, um, you know, main backdrop there when her phone's locked. It says, does it help you? can't remember how it says. Does it help you run or something? Does it help... Only do what helps you run. run? In other words, you don't ask, is it sin, can I get away with it? Ask, does it help me run? Does it help me fulfill my place in the kingdom? Would the king approve of what I'm doing? Would the king? Because the king... In the person of the Holy Spirit indwells us as a Christian. That means He's here. He's with us. We ought not be like, "Oh, should I, should I get into this or get into that?" You know, can I? We ought to say, "Lord, King, is this what you want me to do? In Your Kingdom." You know, people understand this when they work for companies all the time. You know, should we do this? Well, what does the boss say? What does your manager say? Is this what we're supposed to be spending our money and time on? Well, if you have a question, what do you do? You go up till you get an answer. Right? We don't, we as Christians, we're not autonomous. We are. We have a free will, but we're supposed to subject that will to God. And that's under Jesus, the King. And so when we, when we look at what should I do, we ought to be saying King Jesus, you have something for me to do. You're developing in me uh, according to your will. What pleases you, it's all about you. Whatever you would have me to do. Is this what you would have me to do? Is this where I'm supposed to be doing it? Is this how I'm supposed to be doing it? I bow my knee to you daily. This is very real. And see, we live in a culture that has dumbed down uh, the the reality of the Word of God and the reality of the universe to where it's an optional belief that some people believe and some people don't. Your truth that's different than my truth, and that's fine. And that's all. Those are all lies. There is a truth. There is a reality. There is a God in heaven. He's three beings. He's three parts. God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit is on the earth right now. God, the Son, came and sacrificed Himself, bowed His knee to God, to the Father, so that the plan of salvation could be consummated, so you and I could come into the family as children, then to serve the King, the name that has been exalted above every name, the Lord Jesus Christ. the world sees it, eh, it's optional. And we're getting in just closer and closer, day and age, where uh, the world, you can see, is getting darker, falling away, but the church is getting brighter and brighter. It just shines just a factor. If the world's getting dark, the church is getting brighter. Sticks out. Sticks out so easy. Truth sticks out because it... We said this before, um, maybe that was on a Wednesday night. The truth of God's word is a straight edge. And see, when you put culture and put ideas up, it may sound good. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. You put it up against the word of God, you'll see how bent it is because the word of God doesn't change. The truth what God, God's kingdom doesn't warp or change for any man. So when you put the world, the world's ideas and the culture up against the straight edge of God's word, it becomes very apparent what's right and wrong. The world doesn't like that. The world says, you stop saying that you don't say what, you know, that we're wrong because we like it this way. We want this. You put your stamp of approval. Well, God doesn't do that. God's not going to change. The king is not going to subject his kingdom to the subjects, and certainly not somebody outside his kingdom. He is right. Yes. 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 First Timothy 1, verse 17. <clears throat> says, now to the king, eternal immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. I don't know if you can just sense this, the power and reverence in that verse. We're talking about the King, God Almighty, the power that is around his throne, that Jesus, they came to to take Jesus away and they're thinking they're going to come take him. And he said, I am, and they all fell down. The power that emanates from the throne of God, unfathomable. We think nuclear power, you know, ocean is big. It's on a tiny planet in a tiny galaxy in the middle of the universe. It's nothing compared to the power and the awe that emanates from the throne of Almighty God. And Jesus is the king that has been exalted by God the Father, that name that's above every name. And so the, when, you, when we see these passages, now to the king, sorry about that, you put it back up. Now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. First Timothy 6 verse uh, 12 Says, fight the good of, fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things and before Christ who witness the good confession before Pontius Pilate, what we just read, that you keep the commandment without spot, blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ appearing which he will manifest in his own time. He who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, he who alone has immortality, dwelling in the unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. Notice verse 15. He is the King of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. He's the king of kings. Who are the kings? King, we are in his kingdom. Yes. There is a kingdom of God. There, we are children in the kingdom, but there are what he's asked us to do in the kingdom there is rank in the kingdom of God. In other words, what we do to serve him over time, when you're serving him, there are people in our life that we should subject ourselves to. Yeah. Why? Because ultimately, we're, we're under the lordship of the, Lord, of the Lord Jesus Christ, but he has put it in place so that as we're running our race, we ought to have people we run to and people we answer to, and there's a structure. You're a child, but then you're also a servant. This is so clear when you see it in the terms of a kingdom. Kingdom. God is overall where well, everybody's just running around doing their own thing and they all just report directly to the king. Well, you have a relationship with the king but, and you talk to the king, and you, but you are under authority in what you're doing on the earth. People say, well, I can, I can submit to, to God, but I just have a problem with people. No, anybody that would say that has a problem with God. Because if you love God and you submit to Him, you'll submit to people. And you'll want to because you realize who the king is. Revelation 17:14, these will make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them, for He is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And those who are with Him are called chosen, and faithful. See, that's describing his saints. We are under the king doing what the king would have us to do, and this is describing us being, the saints being with the king that are called, chosen, and faithful, doing what he would have you to do in the plan and uh, purpose of God. Revelations 19, Revelation 19, uh, verse 11. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. This is Jesus. His eyes were like a flame of fire. And on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now this is describing when Jesus is coming back. Not the rapture. This is describing when he is coming back with the saints of God. Verse 15, now out of his mouth goes a a sharp sword, and with it, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. This is talking about when he's coming back, when all hell is broken uh, loose on the earth. And he's coming back. Verse 16, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. This is when we see him. This is the king. This is when he's coming back in all his power and glory. Notice he says he's going to rule. And then right after this is saying, you know, the the beast and everybody, he, he takes them out. And they're thrown into the lake of fire. You can read that right after. We're not going to go into this morning, but right after this verses, it's talking about how things are going to wrap up, thrown into the lake of fire, all those things, but the saints are coming with him. Notice, coming with the king. And all the universe and every person will unmistakably know who the king is. Yes. It will be under the king. Anybody that mocked, and of course, there's everlasting, it being in the lake of fire forever. This is a real place, what we call hell. There, there, the lake of fire, where the, the eternal resting place will be, is real. And will be is made for the, the the devil and his angels, but all those that reject the King, not because he didn't make a way for them, because he bought, he came as that humble baby. He he uh, subjected his will to the plan of Almighty God. He coming as a man, he came and bought and purchased. The salvation for every person, but every person has a choice whether they're going to receive what the king did. And he's not coming flat. He didn't come flashy with neon signs saying, bow your knee to Jesus. He is the Lord. He came very humbly. And today he doesn't force anybody. You know, God has the power to flash his name in the sky worldwide and and make every person bow their knee right now. He has the power to do it, but he doesn't. He gave everybody a choice. He came. He paid the price. He allowed people to do what they're going to do and to reject him and to mock him and to mock his things. But there's a day coming where every person will know who the king is. Aren't you glad you know who the king is now? He is the king of the universe. And so as we're running our race, we, when we're talking about doing his will, we're talking about doing the will of the king, of slotting in to his kingdom. See, when you when you start to understand it that way, there is no option. There is no, well, it's just, I'm gonna go over here, I'm gonna go over here. It's like where in the kingdom and is what I do glorifying the king does it represent the kingdom? I mean, just ask. We ask ourselves, it's not like, well, can I get away? Can I do this? Does this represent the king? Because one day, then the king is going to be, the the fact that his name is above every name will be so apparent that he is going to come (laughs) back into the earth. And with on a white horse, everything is going to be so clear, and we're going to be with him forever. But right now, we all have a choice. When the sky ha- isn't cracked, you know, with the come with his coming, and when it's not being shouted, and not everybody understands who Jesus is, we have a role and the choice to serve him, and to make the choice to bow our knee to him. And daily to bow our knee and to say, God, your will be done in my life. Lord, I want to be where you want me to be. I want to do things that are glorifying to you and just to run our race in the, the confines of his will, glorifying him because we know and we believe that he is that king. Changes our whole perspective. With the more we understand that, just as we walk through life, this isn't for nothing. Because the set devil come and say, tell you different things. Well, you could do this. You could do that. Yeah, the way the world does. We'll come right back to what does the king want? What does the king want? What does the king want? You're not trying to please people. You're you're pleasing the king. Hallelujah.